the Lord, church. Why don't we put our hands together in this place this morning? Is anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? I can't hear you. Is there anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. We bless your name, Jesus. We're going to start off our service in worship. How many people love the Lord this morning? Is there anybody that loves the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. Words 
It's just one word that says so much.
Somebody's just worshiping for a few moments in this place. The Lord is here. The Lord is here. The Lord is in this place. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name, Jesus. We're here to worship you, Jesus. We're here to love you this morning, Jesus. There is no one like you, Lord.
my life, you have been faithful. We serve a great, big, wonderful God. We serve a God who knows every one of us. He cares for us. He's an awesome God. He's worthy of all our praises. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Blessed be your wonderful name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. Lord, we honor and adore you. Praise the Lord, saints. Welcome to Christ-centered church where Christ is our central focus. I greet you this morning, those online and those in the house of the Lord, in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who is, who was, and who is to come. Welcome again to Christ-centered church. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today, isn't it? Oh, precious Savior, we love you. The Word of God tells us to enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. To be thankful unto Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth unto all generations. Aren't you glad today to know, to know the truth? Aren't you glad today to know that you are in the truth and you're walking in the truth? Mm. When you know the truth, the Scripture says, the truth will make you free. You're free indeed to worship the Lord, to give Him all the honor, the glory, and the praise that He alone is worthy to receive. Before we go to the Lord in prayer today, if there's anyone with a prayer request, you can just indicate by raising your hand. Amen. Remember Brother Tony today. He has lost his mother. Keep him in your prayer. Comfort him today with words of comfort. Remember to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Every time you pray, remember to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for everyone today. Pray for each other today. Just think about somebody that you, have, you met last week or someday. Pray for them. Remember all your loved ones in prayers today. Amen? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Almighty God, we love you. Lord, we honor and adore you. Lord Jesus, in faith we call upon you today, for you are our Savior, you are our Redeemer. You are the rock of our salvation, Lord Jesus. O oh Lord, in you alone do we put our trust. You are our strength and you are our shield. You are the rock of our salvation, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, you are our righteousness. You are our peace, Lord Jesus. You are our strong tower, Almighty God. Lord, in you alone do we put our trust, for you are our Savior. You, Almighty God, are from everlasting to everlasting. You are the King of glory. You are the Lord God Almighty, and we love you. Lord, we thank you, Almighty God, for giving us this privilege to come together today to worship you in spirit and in truth, Almighty Father. Thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity to build up one another today, Almighty God. Oh, Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercies. Thank you, Lord God, that it's by your grace through faith that we are saved and not of ourselves. Oh, Lord God, help us, Almighty God, to continue to walk worthy of your calling. Lord, in faith we pray, Almighty God, that you touch our heart us in this house today. Renew our right spirit in us today, Almighty God. Oh, Lord, in faith we pray that you harder our steps in your word. Help us, Lord, to decrease that you may increase in us. Lord, help us to reckon ourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto you, Almighty God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Oh, Abba, Father, in faith we look to you for your guidance and your direction in this service. We pray, Almighty God, that you touch those who are sick, Almighty Father. Lord God, reach out your everlasting arms and let your healing virtues flow to your people today. 
Lord, touch us from the top of our head to the sole of our feet, Almighty God. Remove all sickness and all diseases today, Almighty Father. Lord, we plead your healing, cleansing blood upon every sickness and every disease today, Lord. You promise, Almighty God, to send your word to heal and that your words will not return to you void. However, Father, we look to you in faith. Mighty God, in faith we call upon you, asking, Almighty God, that you let peace be in Jerusalem. Let your peace be upon Jerusalem, Almighty God. Let your peace be upon the Ukraine, Almighty Father, and Russia and all those places who are going through war in this hour, Almighty God. Touch those who have lost loved ones today, Almighty Father. Comfort us in a mighty way. O Lord, in faith we call upon you, asking, Almighty God, that you touch this service today. As we gather today, Almighty God, we pray that you fill us with the knowledge of your will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that we may walk worthy of your calling and be fruitful in every good works and increase in the knowledge of you, Almighty God. Lord, let anointing be upon us today. Give us a fresh anointing, Almighty God, that we may receive your engrafted words with meekness. Anoint the man of God today as he ministers to your people. Lord, we ask in faith that you bring to his remembrance all the things that you have prepared for us today. Oh, Lord, have your way in our heart. Almighty oh, God, help us to hold on to your words tightly, that when the time of testing comes, Almighty oh, God, we might be strong. Help us to know you more, Almighty oh, God. Help us to know you in a more intimate way, Lord God, that we may walk worthy of your calling. Oh, Abba, Father, have your way. As we give you the glory, the honor, the praise, the church of Jesus Christ, say, Amen. Amen. Somebody put their hands together in this place. I just want to find out if I, I if I have any old time Pentecostals in the place this morning. Is there any old time Pentecostals that know how we how we used to church maybe 15, 20, 30 years ago? I don't know if there's any tambourines in the place this morning. We need a couple tambourines. I, I'm just looking to pray for my old time Pentecostals this morning. Amen. Amen. Somebody put their hands together in this place. It's all right. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We bless your name, Jesus. We bless your name. I have a problem with the track. It's all right. We're going to worship him anyway. Hallelujah. So, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about taking it back. Uh, we've had some people in our congregation and some people up here singing behind me that said, we need to sing some old time songs. We, we, we need to take it back a little bit, right? Take it back to the roots. I know nowadays we sing a lot of CCM and contemporary gospel music, but once in a while we got to take it back to the roots, right? It's all right. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless you now. We're trying to figure out if the track is muted. Up there, the multi tracks muted. Hallelujah. It's all right. We can do it without the track. You got know, the track? You got it? Jordan, it's on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
all right. Just need a little power cycle. It's all right. Just want to know if anybody can put their hands together like back in the day. Come on. Everybody clap your hands.
another one. What will you want the Lord to say? What will you want the Lord to say? Well done, well done, my good and faithful servant. It's all in Him. 
Come on, look at someone say, it's all in him. Oh, yes, sir. I feel good in this place. We're bringing the old wine with the new wine. And as the scripture says, he said, these men are not as drunken as he supposed, having it but been the third hour. This is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. For the latter of the former house shall be greater than the latter of that former house. The latter of this house shall be greater than the latter of the former. I'm so glad that we're bringing every generation together. Every generation together. You may not know that song or the series of selections, but you are part of history. We're just all coming together in this present time to lift up the only name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. Things in heaven and things in earth and things are under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Put your hands together one more time in the house of God. Well, while you're standing, while you're standing, we're going to give you some opportunities to walk around and greet your neighbor. Move out of your seat if you all can, if you have the ability to stand and, and say hello, greet your brother and sister. This is the opportunity that you can come out of your seat and fellowship in Jesus' name. Come on, let's play some music. Thanks to God. Hallelujah. Go ahead, musicians. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Turn to your seats. See, see, now you're liking to talk amongst each other. Uh huh. This is the opportunity you can talk with you amongst each other. Uh huh. You may not do it later on while we have the message going on. So just say hello. It's so good to see you all. So good to see you and our guests. And at this time, while we are greeting everyone and those who can return to their seat, if you can return to your seat quite well. Want to do something distinct and succinct? 
can return to your seats because we want to make sure we do do justice with this part. All right. Hallelujah. Give me a few people a few more minutes. All right. Okay. We want to welcome you to Christ at the church again, as was instructed in the first beginning part of our introduction. And we want to say welcome home to everyone who's here. But at this time, we're going to ask for our first time, second time, and or third time guests, first time, second time, or third time guests, if you can stand and let Christ in the church welcome you home to your place of worship. If you're a first time, second time, or third time guest, if you can stand at this time and let the saints of God, come on Christ in the church, let us welcome these people home to their house of worship, their, their place of which we have saved. You are welcome in Jesus' name. Those feet standing, keep standing. Can you can reach out and say, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. We appreciate you for coming. You could be anywhere else, but you're here. We recognize you, sir. Ma'am, my sister over here. My sister's in the middle. We thank you. We welcome you in Jesus' name. All right. Praise God. Make sure you are, you are welcoming all our guests because we love our guests. Right, saints? We love our guests. All right? Can I get an amen here? Can I get a louder amen on that? We love, love new people coming to Christ and the church, right? As we said before, we're just adding to the family. The family's getting larger. That means we're going to have a lot more fun with them being a part of this great revival happening in Hamilton, New Jersey. Hallelujah. And at this time, you're part of, you come one of the best part of worship. It's another segment we're transitioning in a form of an act of worship is our offering time. It's still a part of our worship service because it was instructed, of course, by our history and our lineage where we're coming from. When it comes to the scripture, it is an act of worship, an act of an offering to the Lord. We present each ourselves, present whatever we can give to build God's kingdom in the earth realm. And so we are here to give, and there are opportunities that you can give. It will come on the screen right behind me. There are the ways you can, four ways of giving. MyCC.Faith. You have PayPal at Christ at the Church. You can cash app us. There's the hashtag symbol. Um, and also you can mail in. And this, for those who are, it's their first time coming here, this is our church. Four Tennis Court in Hamilton, New Jersey. If you have to mail in your check or mail in any such thing to give to and contribute to the work that's done here. We are here. This is our home. This is where we will see families grown, people married, children dedicated. We're going to see people baptized, saved, families come together. This is the house where you can call home, and this is where you can give to the kingdom of God. If we can actually stand as well at this time, our ushers will lead us. I also want to put a disclaimer out here. Out here, We're also still giving to our spiritual journey our reach campaign it's a two-year project that we started back in 2021 and we are still going in jesus name we thank everyone for the contributions every single person that has given i know pastor would say even better but we thank everyone who been a part of this history and we want to continue to encourage you not just to give in reach but to give in your tithe and offering because, again, like as if you have been given a new house and a new lease on your property, 
you have a payment, you have acquired bills, you have expenses, and not only that, you want to decorate the place. You want to make sure everything is paid and covered, and we want to pay it ahead of time. We don't want to get to the point where the debt collector is calling us nonstop to ask where's the payment. We want to continue to give, and we want to make sure we beautify this place as it's your home. Just like you go into a new home, you want, to dec- you want this house of worship to be decorated to the glory and to the honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you again for coming and giving in advance. And we're going to pray. Please follow the instructions of the ushers as they will lead you. They'll start from the front, and you will watch them lead you each row and each section. Just follow the ushers and move to your right, and just follow them, and you'll be fine. And also, if you have the only way you're giving is electronically, still you can come into the front, or as the offering is uh, instructing, or the uh, ushers are instructing you to come and place your offering, you can come around your seat. And head straight to the back, or if you like to, while you're coming out of your seat, go to our back and our area where we can give electronically, where they are standing. They are right there next to our media booth team. You will not miss them. They're on our way, actually exiting the door. So if you want to give electronically, you can give. Let's all pray. Let's all stand. And let's believe God today that in our financial giving, he's going to give us a a miracle in whatever area of finances, healing, deliverance. By sowing into it, we can see reap, God reap and God do things in what we sow into God's kingdom. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity that you have allowed us to give into your kingdom. We thank you for the opportunity that you afforded us that we can come into your house at this time. And this is the day that you have made, and we're here to give unto the kingdom. And so I pray that as we give our offering and our tithe and our reach campaign, I pray that you personalize this, God, and touch Oh, God, my brother or my sister to my left or to my right, and that who have the desire to give. And if, God, you're nudging at their heart that you want to, to give a specific amount. Or if they're giving, let them give with a spirit of gladness, a spirit of cheerfulness. For God loveth a cheerful giver. And I pray that we will give some 60, some 30, some 100-fold. I pray in return that if men give unto there is a good measure, you shall make it pressed down and shaken together. And we thank you, Father, what you're going to do. And let the house and let the family of God say amen. Come on, can we say amen louder? Let the house of God say amen. Amen. And follow the instructions of the ushers as our minister will come to minister in Jesus' name.
on if you believe those words from what he was playing. Why don't you put your hands together in this place? What amazing love. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. If we could stand to our feet one last time before the man of God comes up. Hallelujah. There's another song that we practiced and went over. Back in the day, they used to sing, and it's still prevalent now. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name, Jesus. Crying, Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others that are called Pass me by. Can we raise it up? I'm crying. Oh 
Hallelujah. 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 Will somebody fall in love with Jesus this morning? He's the best thing that can ever happen to you. There is nothing better than Jesus. There is no one better than Jesus. Oh, will you fall in love with him this morning? If you're not in love with him, say, Jesus, I want to know you and I want to be in love with you. Oh, I want to fall in love with Jesus. Oh, somebody fall in love with him today. He's the best thing that will ever happen to you. You can trust him no matter what your circumstance, no matter what your situation, no matter what you're going through, no matter what's against you, you can trust Jesus to know if I just lay in his arms, if I just say, God, I'm tired, God, I need your help, God, I need for you to comfort me, I need for you to heal me, will you touch my body and touch my mind? Oh, God, I want to know you more intimately. I want to know you more in-depthly. God, I want to know you more personally. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, we love you. Taste and see. Taste and see. Taste and see that the Lord, He is good. Taste and see. Taste and see. We serve the true and living God. We serve the most wonderful, amazing, kind. He loves you more than you can ever imagine. He died that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Why don't you trust him today and know that he is for you. And when God is for you, who can be against you? Oh, Jesus, we love you. Why don't you worship him with me? Oh, we love you, Jesus. We bless your name, oh great God. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the great I am. We worship you. We adore you. For God, there is none like you. We've tasted and we see that you're so good. You're better to us than we are to ourselves. Oh God, you are amazing. You're miraculous. Oh God, I honor you. And I bless your name. I bless your name. I bless your name. Jesus, your name is great. Jesus, your name is wonderful. Jesus, your name is above every name. There's healing in your name. There's joy in your name. There's deliverance in your name. Salvation is in your name. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody get a hold of the Lord today. Somebody call on the name of Jesus. He's right here, right now. He can do exceeding. He can do abundance and above. We can ask or think. Call on the name. Call on the name. Call on that name. His name is Jesus. He's God Almighty. He's God Almighty. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. Oh, that's it. That's it.
in the beauty of holiness. I feel, a, I feel a spirit of thanksgiving. Somebody just begin to thank him. It's a miracle that's in the works for you. If you would just go ahead and thank him. You don't have to do anything great. Just say, Jesus, I thank you. Jesus, I thank you. It's a miracle in your thanksgiving. It's deliverance in your thanksgiving. Just go ahead and thank him. Just thank him. You might not understand. You might not know. But Jesus is working on your behalf. Go ahead and thank him. Thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Oh, y'all don't go to Your miracle is happening right now. Your miracle is happening right now because you're grateful, because you're thankful, because you appreciate that God is for you. He's working on your behalf. Oh, hallelujah.
and cry, go ahead and cry. This is the house of the Lord. The Bible says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You're free to do whatever you want to do in Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's all right. While you're worshiping, we're still in the spirit. You don't worry about a thing. We have a couple of baptism certificates. We had two young men that was born again of the water last Sunday. They were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. None of us can get to heaven without having our sins remitted. And the only way we can get our sins remitted is through baptism. Not in titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, but in the name of Jesus Christ. When you were a baby and they christened you, whatever they did when you were a baby, that's not, that is not suffice for you as an adult to have a relationship with Christ and to make it into heaven. When we become an adult and we understand right from wrong and we understand sin, we ought to surrender our life to the Lord by repenting and being baptized. And these two young men got baptized last Sunday. What a glorious, glorious time for them and for this church. Samuel Page. Come on, Samuel. Timothy. Come on, Brother Tim. I don't remember who it was that mentioned to me. They said we had some Bible names that got baptized last week. Timothy. We have First and Second Timothy in the Bible. And we have Samuel <laughs> in the Bible. What a glorious moment. Take their pictures. Brothers, look at them. Smile. It's a glorious moment. Joyous occasion. Hallelujah. Thank you. God bless you. This is the beginning of their walk with Christ. We must be born again of the water and of the Spirit if we want to enter into the kingdom of God. need to share with you so you can understand this. We need one another, church. All of you that are a part of this church, all of you that are here today, you add something to what goes on here. And never take for granted, don't let your desires or the devil tell you you are insignificant and they don't miss you when you're not here. We miss you. More importantly, the Lord misses you. Remember in the Bible when Adam sinned against God. Adam decided to just run away from God. And what did God say to Adam? Adam, where are you? As much as God is omnipresent, meaning he's present everywhere, there's a place that he designates to meet us. And all of us should have that meeting place. As a family, as a church body, where we come together and meet God. And when we assemble ourselves, he knows where each and every one of us is located. And he wants us to be together because you contribute. Your neighbor contributes. Everyone is contributing. I'm so glad to see all of you. Deborah Brantley, good to see you. 
Aisha want me to say good to see her, but I'm not. Deborah Brantley lived all the way in Long Island. Y'all drove up there when we went up there a couple of weeks ago. That's far. And she's usually online. And she's one of our faithful, faithful online congregation, part of the congregation online. And she's in the house today. So we celebrate that. And we're so glad she's here with us today. And Aisha, don't take credit for getting her here. Hallelujah. We had Sherry with us. Sister Jasmine's mother. All the way from Washington. Grandmother. That, you look, I keep telling you, you look so good. You're like more like mother than grandmother. And you're, God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for coming. All the way from the West Coast, Washington State. Denisha, I met Denisha when we were in the process of purchasing this property. And she was working for Investors Bank at the time. And it was right in the time where Citizen was getting ready to purchase Investors. And so they switched over. But Denisha was really instrumental. She connected me with some folks. And I thought she was just top-notch in how she handled herself. And when you meet good people, you always want to stay connected with good people. And we just happened to be talking the other day. We missed a couple of phone calls, and she finally, she connected back with me, and we were talking. And we are just talking about good stuff, and I'm just so glad that she's here this morning. Denisha, welcome to Christ Center Church. She brought, she brought her friend with her, maybe fiance, maybe husband. Brought with her, you know, Denisha, I got, you, know, that's, you know, that's just how it's going to be. You know, you got to get, you bring a guy up in here, you know what it means. It's like, it's like my kids can't bring nobody home unless it's serious. I told them, keep your girlfriends out of my house if it ain't serious. So when they come to the house, it's serious. It's serious. That's how I meddled, Denisha. Justin is with her. Justin, nice to have you and Denisha with us. We're so glad that you came to be with us. Hey, if you want to know anything about one day, we'll probably try to organize and get Denisha to come and talk about some banking situations and opportunities for you all because we want to make sure we're balanced and well-rounded and she would be the one that we can go to um, about banking things and investment things and good things. So we're glad that she is here with us. And to all of our guests, our friends, this congregation, and to our online congregation, Joe and Barbara and Dee Dee and all the wonderful folks that join us weekly online just to be a part of this church, we greet you this morning in the name of Jesus. If you will stand with me, we're going to get right into the Word of God. Let me mention one more thing. For those of you that don't know, the men's room is through the side door right here. And when you go through the side door, you'll make a left and you'll see the men's room in there. But also when you go through the side door, our fellowship hall is in there. So if you'd like to snack on something, you need to drink something, if it's not water, you can just uh, go to the side here, through the side door to the fellowship hall and you can hang out over there. If your kid get hungry and you need to feed him or feed her, you can take her over there, take him over there. It's a good place to hang out, plenty of space. Our church, where we're coming from, was probably that size. Now we use that size for fellowship hall. 
but God is good. Amen. <laughs> and if you have any babies, um, two and a half and under, we have our nursery outside. So if you'd like to take your baby to the nursery to nurse them in any way, outside, well, out in the foyer, make the right. And you have the nursery that's out there, and then you have the ladies' room that is out there as well. So the ushers can help you if you would like assistance. We have some good ushers, some loving ushers, and they will direct you in the way that you need to go. Amen. If you have your Bible or you choose to look on on the screen behind me, you can turn your Bibles or look on the screen here to, I believe it's Hebrews chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse number 6. Amen. Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 6. The word of the Lord says, But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownedest him with glory and honor. And did set him over the works of of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain, the captain of their salvation perfect, through suffering. I would like to speak to you just for a few moments, won't hold you long, on this topic. But we see Jesus. But we see Jesus. You may be seated. When God created the first man and woman, he gave them dominion over his creation. The text we just read in verses 6 through 8, it was a quote from Psalms chapter 8. David marveled that God would share his power and glory with feeble man. Man was created a little lower than the angels and therefore inferior to them, but... Man was given privileges far higher than the angels. It is unmistakably clear that at present man's dominion in the world 
is not complete. God had given us dominion from the very first created being. And we allowed that dominion to be stolen away from us. The scepter has slipped from our grasp. His dominion is contested. He has to contend against the creatures that were put in subjection unto him. We're talking about man. The forces of nature sometimes scorn his authority and defy his power. Also, man doesn't yet have complete rule over his own being. His passions are sometimes insurgent against his principles. His senses are not always subordinate to the Spirit of God. His appetites war against his aspiration for God. Man has allowed sin to discrown him. He has lost his purity, therefore he has lost his power. God gave us power from the beginning. He gave us dominion. And we allow it to be stolen from us. In his present condition, talking about man, he is far from realizing his glorious destiny. Man was crowned with glory and honor, but he lost his crown and became a slave to sin. When the Bible says we become a slave to sin, it means we, we don't want to sin, but we find ourselves sinning. It means we can say that, man, I'm not doing that anymore, and here it comes showing up again, and we find ourselves doing it. It means sin is ruling us. If I can get it a little bit more personable, it means our desires are ruling us. Because most of your desires are contrary to God's will for your life. I said most. I didn't say all. Most of your desires is contrary to God's will for your life. Can I restate to you this morning? God loves you more than you can ever even understand or think. And so when God commands us and instructs us to do anything, it's not because he's trying to make our life difficult. It's not because he's trying to be mean. It's not because he's just trying to give us a hard time. It's because he loves us. And that's the only reason. God's motive for anything that he does flows from a place of love because the Bible says God is love. Every action that God has and he demonstrates is an action of love, whether it seems that way or not. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels. Can you imagine Almighty God making himself Less than who he's supposed to be. Who he is. Let me tell you this. 
Listen to this carefully. God revealed himself as Jesus Christ to regain man's identity and dominion. We have proven that we can't rule the way God wanted us to rule over the earth. We have proven that sin has gotten the best of us. And we, along the way, have lost our identity as to who we are in Christ. And because of it, God says, you can't do it on your own, so I'm going to have to do it for you. In Philippians 2 and 6, the Bible says, Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. For those of us, That may not know, let me just state this for you. Almighty God, who spoke the world into existence and used dirt from the ground and formed it and breathed into man and man became a living soul. That almighty God did what he did at the beginning as the invisible being. You couldn't see him. He had no flesh. He had no blood. And so he did how, whatever he did, he did it as the almighty creator that is invisible. But what happened was, what we did by allowing our dominion to be stolen away from us, by giving away our identity, when we did that, the only way that that could be restored was for God to become human. So Jesus Christ is not the second person in Trinity. Jesus Christ is the answer that God gave to man to regain man's dominion and identity. Nobody else could do that. Only God himself could have done that. Jesus' death on the cross was both justice and grace. For mankind. Why was it justice? All of us know that him going to Calvary, oh, it's the grace of God. But why was it justice? You know why it was justice? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That statement is so deep. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You know what it means? What you're doing, you don't even really realize what you're doing. And no matter how much you think you know what you're doing, eh, you may not know what you're doing. Because I believe if we really know what we're doing, we wouldn't do some of the things that we do. So to me, I believe we're doing so many things that we think we know what we're doing, but to God, we don't know what we're doing. And so he was able to make the statement, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And so what we did not realize is that God came to restore what we had lost. But here's the deal. To God, 
we are children. And when we mess up, there are some penalties children can't pay. God can punish. God will punish his children, but he still has to take care of the debt that his children incurred. When we sinned, God was responsible for us being here, which means it's because he created us why sin entered into the world. Now, the devil brought sin here, but that's between the devil and God. We didn't have to do what the devil introduced to us. But if God didn't create us, there would be no opportunity because God would have just wiped out Satan when he sinned in heaven. He would have just like, get out of here, and just he just disappeared, right? So if we weren't here and Satan was the only one here, God would have destroyed him when he sinned. But because God created us in his image and we sinned, God is the responsible party as the parent. So the parent did what was right, did what was necessary, because the child could not afford to handle the costs of what he had done. And that's why he came, and that's why it's justice and grace. Because he could have said, I told y'all from the beginning, the soul that sinned shall surely die. I told you from the beginning, and you did it anyhow, so later for you. He could have did that, but he did not do that. He took the responsibility to say, I created them. Their mess is because I brought them into this world, so I will do what is necessary to erase their sins, to give them an opportunity to overcome and to be saved, and it's grace because they didn't deserve it, but I did it anyhow because I'm a responsible parent. He endured death and tasted it for all of mankind. His death was voluntarily. Nobody made him die. In his case, death was not inevitable. He was not forced to die. He said, I lay down my life that I might take it up again. Mm -hmm. No one take it away from me. The Son of Man came to give his life a ransom for many. Christ Jesus gave himself a ransom for all. He did this so all mankind could be restored back to their rightful place and identity. So now... When you read this text, especially here in Psalms 8, chapter 4, now you can see how this text makes a lot of sense now to us. What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angel, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hand. Thou hast put all things under his feet. When you read that, you realize God, that's what he has in mind, when he, that's what he had in mind when he created you. All of this that you've just read, for you to have dominion over the works of his hand, for you to have relationship with him. When he says, who are thou that God will visit 
you and me. That's what God had in mind when he created us. All of what's going on in this world was not what God had in mind. What he had in mind was creating people that was like himself, creating people that he can fellowship with, that he can be with. What he had in mind was having people that that had the same kind of demeanor and the same kind of uh, uh, attributes like he does. And, And he wanted us to have the same kind of authority and dominion like he does. The death of Jesus is to be ascribed to his kindness and grace toward men. Our salvation is to be ascribed to his kindness and grace. In Titus 2 and 11, the scripture says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation had appeared to all men. The death, the death of Jesus Christ is for all of us. It's not just for the church. When he died, he died for every human. Not just for people that get saved. Us as Christians need to make sure when we communicate that we don't try to make people feel like we're better than them. Because he died for everybody, not just the church. He died so everybody could become the church. But he didn't just die for the church. My God, help us today. Jesus came to regain man's crown with his glory and honor. He came to restore man's dominion over the work of his hands. Jesus, watch this, is the fulfillment of what mankind was created to be. This is why we said in this church, uh, Christ is our central focus. Why? Because he created us to be like him. Jesus, watch this, is the destiny of mankind. I can close up right there. Jesus is the destiny of man. We are living to be like him. We're not living for anything else. We're living to be like Jesus. He is the fulfillment of what man is supposed to be. He is the destiny of all mankind. And so while so many of us are trying to be like this and trying to be like that, and I got to do this and I got to do that, you can attempt to do all of those things, but those things are not your destiny. And the more we do those things that is not our destiny, the further away we go from our destiny. Jesus is our destiny. Now let me say this. I always have to say this when I preach it this way. Because Jesus is your destiny doesn't mean you cannot become a lawyer. Because Jesus is your destiny doesn't mean you cannot become a teacher or a doctor. Because Jesus is your destiny, it doesn't mean you can't be an entrepreneur or you can't be rich. It does not mean that. It just means you're doing that as unto Christ. As a matter of fact, I believe he wants to make a lot of us Doctors and lawyers and educators and all kind of things because how will he reach those people? Remember, people will listen. It's interesting. People listen to people that's more like them. They don't listen to people that's not like them. So if you're going to reach a millionaire, a lot of times you need another millionaire to reach the millionaire. 
you're poor and you try to talk to the millionaire, he'll listen to you and say, you know what, you're pretty smart. You're sharp. But he keeps moving or she keeps moving because they're like, you have, a, you, you have no clue what it's like to be me. That's how they're going to think when they walk away from you. They might be respectful and they might say, man, you're pretty sharp. You know, you make a good case. As a matter of fact, I've got, I've got proof of that in the Bible when Paul was talking to King Agrippa. And Paul is ministering to King Agrippa. King Agrippa. And when Paul got done speaking to King Agrippa, he was like, you know what, Paul? That was really good. Almost you persuaded me to be a Christian. Almost. So King Agrippa's a king. Paul is just a regular old guy. And King Agrippa said, great presentation, but I'm good. So God wants to raise up some lawyers and some doctors, some teachers, some entrepreneurs, because he wants to use us to model who we are before the people that's like us so we can reach them. Don't overlook that. So when I tell you your destiny is Jesus, I am not telling you, oh, you can't be this and you can't. I'm not telling you that. Because Lord knows we need to reach a lot of entrepreneurs. Lord knows we need to reach a lot of lawyers and doctors. We need to reach a lot of accountants. We need to reach a lot of, you know, uh, uh, people that are just, just you know, moving in, 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 in this world financially feeling comfortable. We need to reach them because God died for them too. So often I've seen the church give up on certain people because of their status. God said it's hard for a rich man to go into heaven. He didn't say a rich man cannot go into heaven. But we see Jesus. We see Jesus by studying the gospel. Seeing Jesus is not a physical sight. It's studying the gospel so well that you come to know him. Oh, help me somebody. The apostle Paul says... For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. For those of you that don't know, Paul never walked with Jesus. Just like you and I never walked with Jesus. But he know Jesus. He saw Jesus. Because when you understand the gospel, when you look into it and you begin to embrace the gospel, you will see Jesus. When you read the gospel, when you understand what the gospel message is, you will see Jesus. Jesus must be a portrait hung in the human soul. Yeah, I know God said don't make any graven image of it. I'm telling you, when you get the knowledge of who he is, it needs to become a portrait in your soul. You don't put no picture on the wall of him, just in your soul. He's supposed to be preeminent in your soul when you understand, oh, I know him. I understand him. I can touch him. Oh, God, I want you to be a portrait in my soul. Why would I make that statement? There is too many people, or should I say, there are too many other portraits hanging in the human soul, which is robbing us of our rightful place in Christ and our identity. A lot of us have images in our minds from things we have done, from things that we've experienced. 
and we're trying our best to, 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 to see Jesus. But these, these experiences from our past is haunting us. These experiences that we have are, are preventing us from seeing Jesus. We're trying to call on him. We're trying to pray to him. And all of these experiences is blocking our view of Jesus. We have portraits of sinful acts hanging in our soul. Portraits of worldliness overwhelming us. Portraits of greed and lust just hanging and it's interfering with us seeing Jesus. The more preoccupied you are, the less you will study the gospel. If he can get us to be so preoccupied talking about your adversary, Satan, and even your flesh, if the flesh and the devil can get us preoccupied long enough, we will not see Jesus. Today, before we walk out of here, we will pray that all the portraits that are hanging in our soul, that are not of God. That is not what we are supposed to have. That God will tear them down and remove them that we can see Jesus. It is imperative that we see Jesus because when we see Jesus, we will understand that he is with us always in life and in death. When we see Jesus, we will become true disciples of him. When we see Jesus, we will not get angry with each other so quickly. When we see Jesus, we will be quick to forgive each other. When we see Jesus, we will love one another. When we see Jesus, worldliness will not attract us. Sin will not control us, but righteousness will reign in us when we see Jesus. We must see Jesus if we want to become like Jesus. <laughs> we will not become what we don't see. That's what's plaguing us right now. This little thing here, our phone. We're seeing a whole lot of stuff on this. Uh-huh. We're seeing a whole lot of stuff on this. And even when you start out trying to look at something innocent, it turned into something not innocent. And so the world, Satan, understands. Whatever he puts before us to see, we will aspire for that. You think it's a joke? Why a Michelob Ultra Light? Every other commercial it comes on. You think it's a joke why they always have these ads that comes on every 10 minutes if you're watching the show? You think it's a joke? No, they know what they put in front of you will stay in your mind and sooner or later you will want to see that, do that, or be that. And it's stopping us from seeing Jesus. We will become what we see. And a lot of people are not becoming like Jesus because we're not seeing Jesus. 
a lot of us have a misconception of what it's like to be like Jesus. The devil, and even, unfortunately, some that's preaching the gospel, have made seeing Jesus seem like some kind of impossibility that you have to be so holy that if you're not that holy and spiritual, you can never see Jesus. And so many have given up on sometimes the things that we preach because they're saying, nobody can attain to that preacher. What's wrong with you? Who can do that? I'm reading, that's the Apostle Paul. I'm reading, that's the Apostle Peter. I'm reading, and that's James. And you want me to do that? I'm just a regular old Christian. Well, it's, it's all about how you perceive the word of God. And I told you to see Jesus is to read the gospel. What is the message of the gospel? The message of the gospel is Jesus Christ, his life, but particularly him crucified. The birth, the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension. It's all about Jesus. And when you read and study who he is, you get to see him. Can I tell you this before I close today? Let's not try to figure out everything God says. Because you won't get everything. And I've been saying this for some weeks now. God wants you to take the very next step he's telling you to take. Listen to me again. God wants you, not us, you, to take the very next step he wants you to take. Because everybody is in a different place in Christ. So the next step for you might be a different step for somebody else. And so you might not understand the step that he's telling you, but you just need to take the step. Because you have no clue what's waiting for you when you take the step. But we got to remember that God loves us and he's good to us. So he's not telling us to take a step that's going to cause us problems or hindrance. Whatever step he's telling us to take is going to be a step that is profitable and good for us. But you got to take the next step. We can't stay where we are and says, well, God, you got to show me. Who do you think going to win that standoff? Who do we think? And some, so many of us are at a standoff with God. Who do you think win the standoff? You or God? And God is not trying to win it. It's just you can't win without him. He's not battling you. He's not trying to make you do something. He just knows what's best for you. And he can't go against his word. So if he's telling you to take the next step, just take the next step. Whatever the next step is. If you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, take the next step and get baptized. If you have not yet been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues according to the Bible, take the next step and reach out to him. If you are struggling with holiness, tell God I want to be holy and I'm struggling. Will you help me to be holy? If you, your next step is, I need to be more consistent in reading my Bible. Say, God, I need you to wake me up and just touch my mind and bring me to the place of reading my Bible every day. We don't realize that when we ask God for those good things, that those things that are profitable to us, he will surely help us. 
Try telling him tonight when you go to bed, God, I want to wake up tomorrow morning before I go to work to pray. I want to wake up with enough time so I can pray and read my Bible before I take my shower and get dressed and brush my teeth. I want to read my Bible. Will you just get me up a little earlier, God? I'll try, but would you help me? We cannot underestimate that God is working on our behalf and for our good. We're just not asking him. We're going to see Jesus if we will do what it takes to see Jesus. Jesus is the destiny of mankind. Not for you to get rich. You might get rich in your destiny to see Jesus, but that all the things that you're trying to do is not your destiny. Your destiny is in Christ. He says, seek ye first the kingdom. And all these things will be added unto you. The things that you want to do can be added unto you if you will seek him first. I close with this scripture. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Here we go now. Behold, or beloved, now are we the sons of God? And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall see or we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. So let me say this as we stand to our feet. In order for that scripture to be fulfilled in your life, you got to start out now by being like Jesus. Jesus, when you repent of your sins and you get baptized in his name, he fills you with his spirit, he is being formed in your life. And you are becoming like him if you stay obedient and committed to him. And he's working in your life. The Lord dropped this in my thoughts as I'm preparing. And this is interesting. If you don't want to be like Jesus right now, what would make you want to be like Jesus when it's time to go to heaven? How does that work? If you don't feel like it's important or significant to be like Jesus right now, why would you think you need to be like Jesus? When it's time to go to heaven. Because we're not going to make it to heaven. If we're not like him. But it starts with that initial move. Of giving our life to him. Surrendering. Repenting of our sins. Being baptized in his name. Having our sins remitted. Because we have to start someplace. And as we start and we start living for God. And he's working in us. We start becoming more and more like him. But that's not it. Because he is our destiny, there's one more time and one more surge and one more work of the power of God that will take place in our life that will cause us to become more like him. And that's what that scripture is telling us. But we have to be like Jesus now. And as we're like him now, when he appears, 
For those of us that don't know, there's coming what we call the great catching away or the rapture, where he's going to come back for his people. But his people means we're like him. Nobody's our people if they're not like us. So we have to start somewhere by being like him, and then when he comes back, he's really going to do the, the final work of redemption, and we become just like him. We'll have a body like him. We will understand like him. We will see like him. That's the goal. But we see Jesus. If we will see Jesus, we will know the direction we need to go in. We will understand what we're supposed to be like. Because here's the ultimate goal. Here's the ultimate goal. Jesus is not here physically. However, if we become like him, people will get a grasp, a glimpse of who Jesus is. And that's his desire for all of mankind. That it's enough of people that is like him here in the earth that will cause others that don't know him to see him. Don't put no pressure on yourself because you can't do that on your own. It's all about just surrendering to God. It's all about obedience and you will see what he will do with your life. I've been living for God almost 30 years and I still don't know how he changed my life. I still don't understand how this works. But God can do the same for any one of us here today where we just surrender our life to him and he will transform your life where you will look back after one year, after six months, after a couple years, and you'll realize, man, I'm becoming more like Jesus. How did this happen? But we got to see Jesus first. If you have portraits, thoughts, images in your mind, that interfere with your desire to live for God. Why don't you come? Let us pray for you. If you would like God to touch your mind and just renew your mind, why don't you come? We can pray for you. If you're battling, there's 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 a few of you that are battling in a situation. It's been going on for a little bit. It didn't just start. It's been going on for a while. You've been battling and battling. Every once in a while you get so frustrated and tired of battling. God wants to help you today. You'll come, I'll pray for you, and he'll deliver you from that situation or call that situation to be removed from you. If you have never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and you would like to do so you can come and God will remove your sins you will start a new life in Christ anyone else you ready to give your life to God you ready to surrender to Jesus today remember what I told you earlier in this church we're not watching nobody we just ourselves 
and, and, and don't feel like you're on the spot. We all have to go through a process to be able to have that life with Christ. Anyone else, you've heard the call today. You've heard the call today. Battles, struggles. You need God to touch your mind. You need God to touch your body. You want to be baptized in his name. The call is here. All you got to do is come. Let me start with the man. Start with the man. I know the ladies right there. When God touched men, it just does something for everybody. He does. Okay. No worry. We're going to pray. Oh, my God. Come on, Sister Joan. Oh, family. Okay. Come on, sis. I just feel God want to do something. There's a a spirit of the love of God bringing you. This This is not forced. This is just God doing what God does. God doing what God does. Let me pray for you, my brother. Father, in the name of Jesus, this is a man of God, your servant. Lord, I command the obstacles that is trying to prevent him from being who you call him to be. Lord, restore back unto him his authority, his dominion, that when he speaks, Lord God, ah, the work of God will begin to happen because he's just speaking your word. I pray the power and the authority of God will come upon you and you will begin to declare the will of God. Ah, ah. Watch this, watch this. God getting ready to work out a situation. There's confusion, there's confusion. Father, bring the confusion into obedience. Confusion will no longer be. The situation will come into obedience to Christ. And God's will will prevail. Ah. There's a blessing. There's a blessing. There's a blessing. Receive it in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. You're not alone. You're not alone. God loves you so much. He never forsakes you. He never forsakes you. And guess what? He's reaching for you. He's loving on you. And he's letting you know he's got a plan for your life. Don't you move. Don't you move. Be steadfast. Be unmovable. Be unshakable. God will use your children to do great things in the kingdom. There's a calling upon the children's life. He says, if you will be steadfast, if you will be unmovable, he's going to do a glorious work in your home. For your life and for your family. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't you worry about a thing. Stop worrying. Stop worrying, Joan. Stop worrying. I got you. I come in guilt. I come in guilt. 
Yeah. 
miracle work. A work, Lord God, that will transform his life, his mind, that he will never be the same. Ooh, Justin, God has something in store for you. God has something in store for you, Justin. Justin, it was God's will that you came to be here today. I know you came to be but God orchestrated you being there. He knew this day. This day was written down on God's calendar that you will be in the house of the Lord and that God will speak to you. God spoke to you today. Let him have his way. Yield to him. He's going to do great things in your life. Great things. Great things. We've got one to get baptized. Get him ready for baptism. Come on, Denise, let me pray for you. Transition is taking place, Denisha. Transition. Transition. Something supernatural is taking place in your life. This is your time. Somebody was praying for you, Denisha. Somebody was praying for you. And today their prayers are being answered. God heard the prayers that was being prayed for you. And here you are today because somebody was praying for you. Just know that God has a plan for your life. And transformation and transition is taking place even now. He says you might not understand all of it, but trust Him. Obey Him. Walk by faith and not by sight. It means walk by the Word of God and not to your understanding. God is getting ready to open some doors that you could not open on your own.